What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us, think like us, or live like us? I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. And when we raise each other up, we all rise together. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Wade and Hope King to the Rise Together podcast again. I mean, it's not that you have not been here before, but you were here under unbelievably different circumstances than the last time that you were on this darn show. Uh, Welcome (laughs) to the show. I would love if you could start us off with just a bit of an introduction to this audience in your own words of who you are and what you do, because you do it so well. Thank you so much for having us back, Dave. We're so excited to be able to chat with you and to be able to see you. It's so nice to be able to see friends, right? (laughs) Um, Thanks again for having us. My name is Hope King, and this is my husband, Wade. I'll let him introduce himself in a minute. Yeah, I'm I'm Wade. Or you can take it either Uh, way. I'm good. You go ahead there. (laughs) We are educators, most importantly. That's what we love to do. That is our passion. We're educators. We're also authors. And now we are parents. And so, you know, here we are in the middle of this pandemic trying to figure it all out and virtual school and parenting and kids being at home and working. We also host educational conferences for educators. So, so yeah, that's yeah. kind of who we are in a nutshell. Well, yeah, we, we love teachers and we love the community that surrounds teachers. And we just are here to serve our community and provide things that work and don't work that we figured <laughs> out kind of along the way. So yeah, yeah that's us. Yeah, it's so wild because we originally met as Rachel was at one of your in-person conferences. Remember those good old days where people could gather <laughs> in groups? Oh, uh, I remember them. Right, so that was where we first met. Then y'all came to Austin. We got to get to know you a little bit better. I was able to jump into a virtual conference of yours. The business has obviously pivoted, but the thing I think I find so rad about the work that you do is that, yes, you are educators, but you are also actively trying to equip educators with tools that come from the perspective of people who actually are in the trenches every single day, which prior to this pandemic, prior to the world that we're living in, was already an unbelievably important thing but now, as we are dealing with something so unprecedented, it's even more important to try and surround our teachers with love. I don't know that I've ever, ever, and I'm sure every listener has the same feeling, ever appreciated teachers as much as I appreciate them in real time, because holy cow, this home virtual thing is just a reminder of how much love and care and work is required to keep these kids focused and on to whatever it is that they're supposed to be working on next. And um, so it's, it's in some ways, as much as it's been crazy, it's also been a blessing to be reminded of how amazing our teachers are because of some of the lifting that we as parents have had to do. But talk a little bit just about how you have approached the work that you do through the lens of people who have actually been in the classroom and understand the needs of teachers and why you felt called into the space to try and serve them with resources you knew could help. 
like you said, I mean, teachers are superheroes, and I don't think that's something that um, no one will, will take for granted, especially during this time period. But I mean, Hope and I have loved teaching children for such a long time, and we found a tremendous success on engagement and just matching that with rigor inside of our classroom, whether it's transforming the classroom, using music, using technology, just really getting to know our students as human beings first. And tons of success just with not only test scores, but with the engagement that we saw and the love of learning that we saw with our students. And it slowly started to spread. Hope Star had a blog and teachers from around the country were just asking her, what do you do in your classroom? And so we said, you know what, we'll share what we do in our classroom. And it wasn't something that we had kind of planned on, but we knew at the beginning that, hey, there are these questions out, out here, out there, and we may not know all of them, but we will share the knowledge that we have with these teachers, things that we have seen that actually work inside of a real life classroom um, with different types of students. And so I, I think that's where the love of it really started. And the feedback with that was just tremendous. And our community of educators from around the country they just pour into us. We can ask them questions. And teachers, if you are a teacher, you know you're going to get the God's honest truth no matter what if you ask a teacher. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen whether you want it or not. And that's what's really cool just about the community of educators. It takes a village, and I think we're all seeing that now. In the springtime, uh, that was when we were just getting our feet wet. I think parents at home, teachers teaching virtually or digitally, and it was something that was really, really hard. And But it was a great time to just be courageous and to step in, and that's who teachers are. They're flexible, and now parents, they're having to be flexible too. And it's not something that we've had a manual for, <laughs> and talking with each other um, and building that bridge with parental involvement with education and teachers. It doesn't matter if you went to school to be an educator. Everyone's kind of an educator now. Yeah, what's what's been so incredible to watch as the parent of four kids, three of whom are in school. I guess now Noah's in school too. What am I saying? I got four kids in school. Wow. I have a thousand kids in school. Uh, <laughs> that may as well be. I have to applaud you for that because we're just trying to manage one. Just one, yeah. <laughs> the, the difference in the way that the spring felt relative to the way that the fall feels is just so dramatic. And it's such a testament mm -hmm. to the ability for, yep, there was a lot of quick action and trying to figure out on the fly things that no one had ever been confronted with in the spring. And the way that the learnings and the conversations and the work of administrators actually transformed the experience for people who are still trying to get used to something that's abnormal and weird, but in a way that is so much more organized and so much more effective and so much more engaging because of having spent some of the time. It's, I think, a testament and credit to the way that Yes, teachers are problem solvers and they're solving a, a problem like we have not previously seen. What, as you're having a conversation with this community, are you hearing from teachers that they are experiencing most? So if you're a listener and you're not a teacher and you wanna have, uh, you know, like our intent in this podcast is always to try and create a little empathy bridge so that people might appreciate what it feels like to live in the shoes of someone else. What are you hearing from the teaching community in real time emotionally and mentally, what are they processing? You know, it's it's just so much. And I think that everybody can understand that regardless of 
what perspective you're coming from at this point in the game is because I think that we're all feeling very similar things. You know, it's a constant roller coaster of emotions. It's like, wow, we're finding tremendous success because we're meeting a brand new bunch of kids. And man, I'm just, you know, we're encouraging our audience to see this as, a, as an opportunity and not as something that is, oh, gosh, you know, I, I'm, I, I have to teach during a pandemic, but I get to teach during a pandemic. And so, you know, we have that optimistic side as educators, but, you know, I mean, it's also not all rainbows and butterflies. Teachers are frustrated. They're they're exhausted. They're not only trying to manage content, but now they're trying to figure out technology and trying to meet kids where they're at and make that learning engaging, trying to build parent connections. And they're having to do all of this with a screen in front of them or a mask on their face. And it is just, it's a very different world. And in addition, you know, just to not sugarcoat anything, because we don't ever sugarcoat anything, you know, teachers are afraid and they don't know what's going to happen next. And are they going to be back to digital learning or in the classroom and vice versa? And so, you know, there's just honestly so they're feeling all the things. Everybody's feeling all the feels, the goods, the bads, the uglies. That's just reality right now um, as educators. But, you know, educators are going to do what educators do best. And that is serve kids and that is serve families. And man, they do a darn good job of it. And one thing that I can assure every listener is that every teacher Every teacher is putting their best foot forward right now. And so, you know, I think one of the biggest things, Dave, as you were saying, you know, to try to create a bridge and kind of build that empathy, um, you know, we talk to teachers all the time about starting off the year on a positive note, you know, calling calling parents and telling the parents how amazing the kid's doing in their class or, you know, really building those positive connections. And one thing that I challenge every single member of this audience that's listening to this right now is, have you called a teacher? Mm. Have you called a teacher mm. to tell them how incredible they're doing to uplift them? Because I'm telling you, teachers need cheerleaders right now. They need people in their corner yeah. backing them and not just, you know, saying we understand it's, that it's a hard job, but just hearing those words of affirmation that, in fact, teachers are killing the game. They are incredible. They love kids. Every teacher has the best intentions right now. And so just assuming the best of educators that they are giving 110% of what they've got um, is truly what's happening in the game of education right now. I assure you they're there to serve kids in any way that they possibly can. It's so interesting because I don't know that we're often afforded opportunities to see the humanness of certain parts of our world. And I'll be honest, I hadn't necessarily contemplated the humanity of anyone who also happens to be a teacher and the reality that they also are struggling through this in the same way that I, as a parent, am struggling through it or as a business operator, I'm struggling through it. And that struggle in no ways takes anything away from their awesomeness. It just confirms their humanity and ends up making us way more similar than we are different. But also, I have, a, I have a sister, she's a teacher, she has three young children. The idea of doing virtual teaching with three young children is something that I honestly just had not entered my mind until I was like, how's it going? She's like, it's great and crazy <laughs> and great. You know, it's just like, it's all the things and all the feelings. And um, just remembering that, I, I love the idea of acknowledging the work that is being done and also affording some grace for this being also challenging and difficult for them and their best foot absolutely being something that is being put forward because they're having to also process all of the emotion that's happening in the background that we all are also going through while they also try and figure out how to do this in a new and completely different way. 
Tell us a little bit, tell these listeners a little bit about, I mentioned the live conference and virtual conference that Ray and I have each individually participated in, but Get Your Teach On and this community that you've created is, it's so rad. Will you tell people who are unfamiliar with it what it is? Because I love it. You've also got Classroom Fit. There's other things, but get, give us just a little sense of what it is that you guys are working on and how that work is here to serve. So it's a lot of work. It is work. <laughs> it is work. <laughs> you know, get your teach on is truly a community. I mean, that's honestly what it's become. And I know that Dave, you completely understand what I mean when I say that because of your community that you guys have. Get your teach on is just a community of incredibly passionate, the most passionate educators I've ever met in my life. And so, you know, truly what Wade and I strive to do is we want to serve educators. But what we have found is that while we want to serve them with techniques and strategies, strategies and content, what educators truly need is someone to uplift them, inspire them, motivate them, encourage them, celebrate them in the way that they deserve to be celebrated. And let me tell you, and Wade can attest to this, there is something to be said. You know, before this, we had live events and we had our live event that Rachel was actually speaking at of 5,000 educators. She almost educators. got stampede. Yeah, there was she a stampede almost got there. trampled over. Yeah. There is something to be said for getting 5,000 passionate, on-fire educators in the same room. There is just truly nothing like it. The energy is contagious. And when that happens, that reminds me of what is the best part of education. And that's the community. And that's when all educators can come together. And you know, the thing about education is when we all, when one of us has a win, we all have a win. Mm -hmm. And so um, Wade and I have been working, you know, just to build community and to serve educators. So conferences, you know, our Get Your Teach On conference, which we've now pivoted like you guys have, and we've gone virtual. We've had Get Your Virtual Teach On. We just wrapped up Back to School Reimagine. Um, but again, just bringing people in that can inspire and give those techniques and give those strategies, but also just remind educators of their focus and, and their yeah, purpose. Yeah, I mean, get, get Your Teach On is a conference. It's a motto. It's a lifestyle for educators to, to learn, hey, we, we've got to pivot and we got to keep up with the times. And we were doing that before COVID and we continue to do that. And I, what I want for this community to do right now is just go ahead and get that preconceived notion about what school was like when you were a kid. Yeah. Because that's the problem. We, we're, we're encouraging people to, to be different, to make a change, to adapt. Yo, we, we are still going to school at 7.30 in the morning and, the, and then the day ends at around 2 or 2.30. Why do we do that? There's no reason for that. That is not the best time for kids to learn, but even the instruction. So what we want to do is we want to inspire. We want to light these teachers on fire to engage these students in their particular way, using their gifts. What does engagement yeah. look like? Hope King's engagement looks completely different than what mine does. And so we know that our teachers are the same way and to be authentic and see your kids as being authentic uh, too. And so that's what Get Your Teach On is. We have four conferences a year. Um, regionally, we have a national conference. We'll, we will have two national conferences next year in Orlando and Dallas. God Fingers crossed. <laughs> so we will see. Uh, Gaylord. Oh, so yeah, it's, it's a lot right now. And so our community is amazing. We love them so much. And we do what we do because we see the impact that they are making us out of their classroom. And you can't get any better than that. I do remember the, and I may have even said this the last time we were on the show together, but like you sending the video of the 5,000 people, it was like a rave was happening. There was a freak flag convention. People were letting it completely loose. They like were letting it go. I love the, I love 
getting a glimpse at the passion that can exist when a whole bunch of people who love the thing that they do come together and are celebrating each other and are being celebrated for the work that they do. So, so, so good. Let's talk about kids. Uh, You know, there's a lot of listeners that have kids. I have kids. You have a kid, not in school yet. But um, what are you hearing from teachers in terms of what they're seeing in the way that kids are reacting to having to process and experience this new thing that we're all inside of? And is there anything you would give as tips for parents on how to encourage or support or engage their kids who are processing missing being able to sit next to friends potentially or being you know in real life classrooms uh, what are you hearing from teachers in terms of what they're seeing and, and what advice would you give to parents on how to support their kiddos during these times teachers parents right now attendance if a kid is showing up that's a win um we see a lot of com- we we've seen and we've heard a lot of complaints about kids coming in and they have their blankets and they're laying at the kitchen we we've got to realize that they're there they are at least there and we have to speak that positive notion into our students into our teachers going in there and, and not speaking negatively about oh you 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 have to get on the computer today oh you have yeah i didn't like math either but let's go ahead and let's do it yo you, your your child may be the best mathematician that's never been discovered before. Same thing with reading. You may not like reading. And so um, the best advice that I can give parents right now is just to be as positive and as supportive as you can about education. Speak life into your kids. Speak life into teaching. Speak life into whatever's being presented. You may not like it, but don't prepare your students, or I say students because I'm a teacher, don't prepare your, your child for something you didn't like in your past. That's that's not their past. You have to prepare them for their future and give them those opportunities. And so it's it's easier said than done, obviously, but I'm telling you, the, the hardest thing that I've seen from teachers right now is the complaining about those children coming in and them not paying attention. Yo, they're, they're logging in. They're there one step at a time. And we, it, we've got to build that bridge. We have to build that bridge of communication between parents and teachers, and we have to build each other up. Um, it's, it's a necessity if we're going to get through this. You know, I mean, here's the deal. Kids feel things just like right. adults do. Kids have all of the feelings. They get overwhelmed. They get frustrated. They get excited. They get engaged. And I think that one of the most important things that we have learned and that we have learned as parents and that we have learned as educators is to, first of all, validate feelings. There, there's no such thing as a good or a bad feeling, right? right? There's, it's, it's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay to be upset or to cry or, you know, there's no such thing as good or bad feelings. But also, and this is one thing that I actually learned while teaching middle school, believe it or not, um, I actually did do that, Dave. I taught middle school. I don't know how I ended up there, but I did. Um, but, you know, it was when I was actually teaching my sixth graders. And honestly, you know, you know this, you taught, you've raised middle school kids or your kids are around middle school age, but honestly, you see it the most in them, but it's true of all kids is that 
kids ride this this roller coaster of emotions and it is it and it goes about as fast as a roller coaster right and so they're up and they're down and they're here and they're there and their feelings kind of are all, all over the place and so as the adult whether you're the educator or whether you're the parent you have a choice and you can either get on that roller coaster and ride those very same emotions with them or you can stay here and you can kind of stay consistent and be the adult in the situation mm -hmm. you don't have to feel right. all of the things that they're feeling to validate how they feel right and so i think that that's one thing you know that we have to keep in mind because i feel like that roller coaster is picking up speed as far as the ups and the downs right now but again allow them to feel those things have those conversations with them you know one of the biggest things that we're talking about right now in education is social emotional learning and not just checking in on our students reading levels and their their you know scores on standardized testing but to check in on who they are mentally, because if we can't reach their heart, then we can't reach their mind. And so I think just remembering to, you know, validate feelings, allow kids to talk about those things, but then also find, you know, you can't live there. You gotta find a way out. You gotta find how to work past it, how to use those feelings to motivate yourself. Yeah. And so I think that those are just good tips to keep in mind all the time, but especially right now, like I said, since that roller coaster tends to be picking up speed a little bit. And parents, I mean, just trust your best is what your child needs yes, right now. Agree. Um, I, we've heard a lot of parents just freaking out that my child isn't going to be on this level or that. I promise you, I promise you, it's all going to be fine. And children are going to learn. Yeah. Just keep, put your best foot forward. For sure. One of the things I love about the way you guys approach teaching, and I, I wish that in a time machine I could have been in either of your classes, probably Wade's, I'm going to be honest, Hope, but. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. I don't take it personal. <laughs> is that is that you have found ways to engage your classrooms and meet kids where they are in what ends up being somewhat unconventional ways in like trying to teach the basics and the fundamentals, but in a way that feels contemporary and relevant to the world that the kids are actually living inside of. So now as parents are stepping in, in some instances to having to approach teaching in you know i've got a couple windows each day where there is some free learning time where i now have some responsibility to take on and and put the hat of a teacher on to engage my kids and i have found that we've had more success when i've tried to meet the younger ones especially in the spaces where they already exist and live what what tips or tricks could you afford someone who is not a teacher but wants to engage their kid and help them find a fun and contemporary way to learn given the way that you've done that inside of your own classrooms i love this question this is amazing <laughs> yes um well i'll get my tip first no nah, you go ahead no i'm just excited this is so good you have a good one no i'm just um, excited no you know just one thing that i just want to remind parents or educators during this time too is to not let progress get in the way of your purpose mm. And so as a parent, really asking yourself, you know, you, you don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to classify. You, you're the parent in the situation. Yeah. And so, you know, what opportunity do you have with your child as they allow the educator to do their job as the educator and to teach the standards, right? And so, for example, say your child's learning about 3D shapes. So like they're learning about three-dimensional shapes. And so after class, you ask your child, what were you learning about in class? Oh, 3D shapes. Well, then my job as the parent that day, I don't have to be a teacher, but to allow, you know, to see it as an opportunity to allow my child to then see that lesson they were just learning on a computer screen in the 
real world. So maybe that day we're picking out, we're pointing to 3D shapes, we're having discussions, we're seeing them in buildings, we're seeing them in structures, we're seeing them around the house. You know, as parents, I think that we get so caught up in, oh my gosh, I've got to know how to teach calculus and geometry and the shapes. And I haven't done this math since I was in fifth. Like, <laughs> it's like the, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And most parents are like, I'm waving the white flag. Like, no, that is not me. Um, you know, I think that we take for granted how in-depth and how meaningful conversations can be. And taking what our children are learning about and infusing that into conversations. And parents whether you believe it or not, you, you are teachers. You have passions that you can teach to your kids during right. this time. You know, there's so many times that we're like, we didn't have time. We, we barely saw each other. We were going to soccer practice and a basketball game. And this one had this activity and dance and dinner. And we didn't get to sit together at the dinner table. We don't even know what's happening in life. And now we do have mm-hmm. the time, right? And so maybe you're an incredible baker. Teach your kids how to use fractions and bake, right? Teach them how to change a tire, how to write a check, how to balance a checkbook. All of these life skills that are beyond the standards, but that are critical to truly educating the whole child and making good, well-rounded human beings, not just scholars. And I think we get so caught up in those standards and creating scholars that we forget that we're actually teaching kids, teaching students and not just standards. So... That's, so that'd be my tip. What, what, that, what did you have? You said everything. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, I'm you really didn't. No, no. <laughs> uh, it's just, just building off of what you said. I mean, parents... You don't have to become, just like Hope said, you don't have to become the teacher. You're not the educator. You're the educational facilitator and you're the parent. And so now is the time that you do have more time with your child. So you should be able to be or name how, what your child is interested in. If it's movies, if it's comic books, if it's I don't, who the heck knows, right? And so focus in on those components and apply those to the learning. Like Hope was talking about with the 3D shapes, I was going a step further and I was thinking, yeah, Let's bake tonight. Let's let's let's, let's build a, a three tier cake. What's it going to look like? What are the what are the dimensions of that? Um, you're are you coaching baseball right now, I Dave? Am, I am in fact coaching baseball. How old is your son? What grade is he in now? He's in he's Eight. he's a twelve year old. Okay, so Seven. he will probably be learning about a, a lot of science that's going on. A lot of physical science that's going on. You can apply that to to the baseball, to the baseball bat. If you want to bunt, how far is it going to go? If you just leave it, so opposite reaction. So understanding what your child is learning about, and that takes being intentional about education. You have to be intentional. You have to be present in what the child is going through, what what they're talking about um, virtually or in the packets, whatever's going on. You have literally got to be there. I, I used the example not too long ago. I was just existing with our son, Maverick. He's learning how to walk. And so we like to go outside and he'll walk around. We get bitten by mosquitoes down here in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's really bad. So I'm surviving for like two, two and a half hours outside with him. When we would come in, I was noticing his knees were all scraped up. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I wasn't present. I was there with him. I was making sure that he was safe and not falling all over the place. But was I really being intentional about being present with my son during that? No, I wasn't. And so getting down on his level, telling him, okay, this isn't going, even though he may not understand it, he still gets it a little bit. No, we, we can't crawl on our knees on these rocks. Like we have got to be there for our kids during this time to make sure that they aren't stumbling over these rocks in education. And we've got to be intentional about what's being taught so we can apply it to what they love to learn about. I had this opportunity with Ford, who's seven. He was doing something inside of 
music appreciation. And he was being asked to create beats, which I'm like, all right, education, you have figured it out. Let this guy basically put together a DJ station. And so here he was putting together the different beats. Was, it, was a, it was a fractions exercise inside of music appreciation, trying to cut up the bars into certain, like a third or a half or a quarter. And we got done and I was like, all right, we're taking it to the next level. I mean, I had to find the kids bop version of it, but we went and found like some great classic hip hop that was super clean and all the lyrics were totally changed to at least appreciate, this is how some beats have been used in my life, brother. And it was just, it was a fun way to take a thing that had existed and make it feel even more cool. Like I was, you know, it was again, one of these things where I saw it and I was like, well, I wanna, I wanna try and make some beats, let's go. Now let's go listen to some beats. But I agree. It's like, I, I love the idea of getting on their level, but also if there's a way, even if they are getting frustrated by the exercise, even if it is something that they don't necessarily get right away to make one, it normal for it to be something that it might take a little bit of time to catch on to, but also to maybe find a way to make it a little bit fun in trying to crack the solution of it all. He, he was a little frustrated in it and it turned into something that could be a fun thing that we got to do and actually enjoy. So. Uh, I love that. I know that we have some exciting news and that you guys are going to be doing a podcast with us. Uh, it just came out this last Monday yes. called The New EDU. What is this new podcast all about? Tell us about it. Man, we are so excited about this podcast. Thank you guys for, first of all, we just want to say thank you because yeah. the fact that you guys, and you, you've always been this way, but the fact that you and your team have believed in educators and just shown that support and shown that love. You know, Wade and I talk about you all the time, Dave, about how when we reached out to you for the virtual conference and knowing good and well that you were so busy and y'all were trying to pivot a business and you had your book tour and there were just so many things. And literally, you didn't even take one second. You didn't it, even it it really took, it. I think, and three minutes for you to respond. Yes, what do you need? Let's yeah. go. And it was and it was so <laughs> specific to teachers. Yeah. Like it was just amazing. So just thank you because you know, just like I said, just that support, affirmation, teachers knowing that they're supported just means so right. much more than anyone could ever imagine. But but yeah, the new EDU just launched this week. And you know, honestly, Wade and I are so excited for this project. It's a little, um, it's a little bit different than something we've ever done, but we think it's gonna be extremely powerful and kind of, you know, we're calling it the new. EDU because education is different today than it ever has been and probably ever will be. We're starting to see a shift. We're starting to see a change in education. And one of the things that we want to do most is build that bridge between parents and educators. Mm -hmm. We It's almost like a, what do teachers wish parents knew and what do parents wish teachers knew? That's exactly it. And really, you know, building this bridge and creating a strong foundation for parents and teachers to truly understand one another. Because when we recognize, and I think that we're starting to see this more and more with virtual learning, that we are truly all on the same team to educate and to advocate for mm -hmm. kids. Education has endless possibilities and the, the potential that kids can reach is endless. And so we're so excited to be able to, you know, bring our community to this platform, but also create a new community within, you know, this, this newfound relationship. Let's change of, the world. That's what we're going to do. That's come right. On. When parents and teachers come together, what? I mean, like, let's sheesh. take over the world. So, so yeah, we're just excited to have this platform. We're going to be sharing all the things, all the feels, all the good things, all the tough things, um, give strategies and tips and and we're just excited again to build a community that's truly walking this journey with kids together yep. so I so love basically 
if you have a human or know a human or work with kids or have worked with kids or want to work with kids, then come join us. <laughs> it's so good. And again, it just echoes this hope for a bridge of empathy that might exist in creating constant community between the people who are in the classroom and the people who are sending humans to the classroom. So good. I am, I'm super, super excited about it. I've seen some of the stuff that you've created in promoting it and I've heard this first episode. It is fantastic. So congratulations, you guys. I hope every single person here will listen to the new EDU. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I want to finish this podcast by asking you the question I ask every person who ever come on the show, which is if you had a single piece of tangible, practical, implementable today advice for anyone who is listening, what is the one thing you would say that would maybe make their life a little bit better, take a little bit of the burden of this time that we are pushing through, feel a little bit lighter? What's the one piece of advice you would give? Wait, I'll let you start. Yeah, I will start. <laughs> um, what I would say first, um, seek to understand before making any type of comment argument, whatever's going on, especially during this season. Um, we have been trapped in homes with our loved ones. We've been quarantined and working in our, I guess, um, quarantine bubbles with our coworkers. Love people first. Seek to understand, build that bridge of empathy, uh, and expect the best out of everybody. Expect that everyone is doing their best and trying their best. So seek to understand. And I'm telling you, it, it can change your perspective on everything. Yeah. And for me, you know, I, I truly want for people to write this down and see it. it's something that I've done for myself as a reminder, because I need to see these things visually. And it, it's simply this, that whether you're an educator or a parent or whatever you may be as a teacher, you are the best teacher for the students in your classroom right now. You are the best mama or the best daddy or the best advocate or the best parent or the best friend for whatever relationship situation that you're in. And I think it's so easy, you know, I'll just use the example of, of being a parent, but it's so easy to see what other parents are doing in the digital space or what yeah. opportunities they're creating or experiences and say, well, man, I'm just not doing it like, you know, Tammy or whoever it is, two houses down the street or whatever you see others doing, but that's not who your, your kid needs. That's not who your friend needs. That's not who your spouse needs. You are the best parent, the best teacher and remind yourself of that and, and allow yourself that grace to know that we're going to have good days. We're yeah. going to have bad days. We're going to have Absolutely. ugly days. We're going to make mistakes, but recognizing that at the end of the day, you are the parent or the teacher that your children need, and you're going to do the best job out of anybody. So get rid of that comparison, focus on your purpose and allow that to drive you and what you do every day. You guys, you're so good. I appreciate you so much. I love the work that you do. I'm so happy with the partnership and the launching of the podcast and everything good that will come from it. If people listening are interested in why the heck would they not be in learning more about the work that you do or following y'all on social, where can they find out more? Well, first of all, the new EDU podcast is yeah, where you can find there. us. Goodness gracious. We're so excited about that. Yes. But you can also um, find information about us on social at Hey Wade King, Hey Hope King. Our conference is getyourteachon.com. And we also have a website, yep. hopeandwadeking.com. So any of those places you can you can You're find there. us, DM us, message us. We love to hear from you. We love to, to be in contact with our community. So, so just thank you again, Dave, for this opportunity. Thank you for believing in educators and the work that we do. We are eternally grateful. So thank you. Uh, y'all are superheroes. All y'all. That means all the teachers, every one of you appreciate you more than ever before in the history of time and really, really appreciate you guys for being here today. 
We're going to put the links to all of those things in the show notes. So if you are interested and you better be in hearing the new podcast <laughs> or diving into any of the resources that exist for teachers and parents that live inside of Hope and Wade's world, hop into the show notes. The link is there. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Rise Together. We appreciate you all for being here. If you like this episode, take a picture of the device that you are listening to it on. Tag Hey Wade King. Tag Hey Hope King. Tag Mr. Dave Hollis. Tell us what you thought of it. Share it with a friend. And until next week, be kind to each other. Seek to understand first. Give people the blessing of believing that they are putting their best foot forward. And have a great week. Rise Together is hosted by me, Dave Hollis. This show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support by Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Rise Together is a product of The Hollis Company.